show that gets you stepping into being the badass in business you were born to be. And as always, I have another amazing guest who I just adore, Carrie Rodin. I met her on a girls retreat weekend. Well, it was midweek, but anyway, we just connected and clicked and it was like looking in the mirror at my thinner, more beautiful self. So Carrie, welcome to the show. I love you. Oh, I love you back. That is maybe my favorite intro I've gotten so far. (laughs) Yay! <laughs> um, and likewise, right? I when I met you, it was instant connection and agreed, right? You when you, I there's this cheesy line from a movie, um, Wedding Crashers, right? But they say a soulmate is your soul's recognition of its counterpart in another, and I totally felt like we were soulmates. Absolutely. So tell people about you. Like, give, I love your little spiel of who you are. Yeah, so um, I often introduce myself this way. I say, I'm Carrie Roldan. I'm a wife, a mother, a runner, a best-selling author, a personal growth junkie, and your total business BFF. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, I mean, this is, you know, a highlight of why we have clicked. I am a personal growth junkie as well, which I've admitted to. And I, you know, what exactly is a business BFF? Like, what is that? Yeah, good question. Well, um, I'll tell you how I came to be known as the business BFF because maybe that will answer it. Um, Well, actually, I'll just tell you. A business BFF is, I think, what most people who hire specific coaches actually need. What I found in the uh, world of online entrepreneurship is that women entrepreneurs especially are so lonely And trying so hard to get it right and do it the right way, but really isolated. And they do need expert advice. They do need, you know, a coach, maybe someone a little bit further along on their journey. But what they're really looking for is the kind of support that you get from a friend and the kind of support you get, like, you know, your real BFF, she's going to tell you, like, do the, you know, if you say, do these jeans make me look fat? She's going to be like listen, honey, I love you, but yeah, the pockets are too far apart. And what are you thinking about putting sequins on there? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's the kind of thing, you know, I, when I started in the online coaching industry, I was trying to figure out my thing. I was trying to figure out like, am I a marketing coach? Am I a business strategist? Am I, you know, the personal happiness coach? Am I living at your high vibration? I was trying to find my thing. Mm. And what sort of happened is I just wound up being myself, right? Being the only thing I knew how to lots of other people who are struggling on the journey. And it took me so long to figure out that people could, would pay me just to be that, right? That what I had to offer was just love and support and a holistic view of their business. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, and their life and their selves. Like, I think, um, I don't know, we'll probably talk about this a lot, but, um, anyway, so that's what a business BFF is. It's <laughs> yes, I am. Um, you know, I'm a certified coach. I'm, I have a, if I do say so myself, a brilliant marketing mind. I've got a lot of experience in, in the world of, sort of the online coaching space, but ultimately I just want to support 
women in business in the way that they need to be supported. Sometimes that's, you know, looking at their sales page. Other times it's looking at their life. <laughs> and that's what a business BFF does. I love it. I love Thanks. it. Yeah. And, and it so resonates with who you are. And I'm, I love the fact that you've been so candid about the fact that it, it's been a journey. Oh yeah. <laughs> find your thing. You know, everybody's like, oh, find your niche, find your market. Find, but it, it often is a journey. And so to stop beating yourself up about that and, and take the time to actually dig in. So how do you help people define their thing? Cause I know that's one of your things. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that, um, okay. I think the best way to talk about this is to talk about strengths and weaknesses. So, um, I have a different perspective on strengths and weaknesses than most people. And I, this light bulb was turned on for me. I don't know, maybe 10, 15 years ago when I was watching the Oprah Winfrey show and she had a guest named Marcus Buckingham on, and he described strengths this way and it shifted things for me. So he said, a strength is not necessarily something that you're good at. And a weakness isn't necessarily something that you're bad at. Mm. Now, you can be good at your strengths. You often are. Um, but too many of us are effing great at our weaknesses. So what a strength is, is something that while you are doing it, it fills you up. It makes you feel fully alive. You could lose track of time. You, um, you just love the feeling that comes from doing whatever it is that you are doing. That's how you know that something is a strength. So it can be something that you are not great at yet, <laughs> but it's <laughs> worth becoming great at, right? It's worth learning how to become great at it, great at it because it fills you up. And a weakness is something that while you're doing it, it depletes you, right? Mm -hmm. It sucks the life out of you. And I know, um, and you work with women business owners as well, right? So many people in our lives, in our businesses, um, or just in our jobs, we find ourselves operating in, our, in this place of where we are highly competent in our areas of weakness. So we wind up actually like structuring a whole business around an area of competency that actually depletes you instead of maybe an area where you don't feel as competent or as confident, but the doing of it makes you feel alive. And so that's really one of the places where I start with people is like, what fills you up? What makes you feel alive? And I think so many people start out with what's your skills, right? Mm. Or what are you good at? Where do you have experience? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can build the business around that. And people yeah. do. People build, build really profitable businesses around um, their areas of highly competent weakness and mm -hmm. they're not happy. And so that's, I feel like my job as somebody's business BFF is to look at the whole them, to look at what's going to make them happy, to look at the kind of life they want to create, not just, I mean, profits are wonderful and, and we work towards those, but um, <laughs> you know, the fastest path to cash isn't necessarily what you want to be doing for your life and business and contribution. And so I help people understand the difference. 
I love it. And I can totally attest to that from my own life where, you know, yeah, you can totally build a a business, a big business. I built a seven figure business doing things that I was really competent at or mostly competent at. Um, but it depleted me, you know, for years that store sucked the life out of me because it wasn't my core thing. And I know like one of the things that somebody said to me was, what do you, what would you do for free? And I turned that around. I said, what am I already doing for free? (laughs) Yeah. Because every, you know, every time a therapist would come in, I was coaching them, you know, and selling them at the same time. And I love doing sales and I love doing coaching. So I thought, oh, this is silly. I can get paid for coaching, which I love to do instead of running this store, which I don't love to do. So, but isn't that funny, right? That's, I mean, my business BFF journey started like that. Like I was being the business BFF for free, helping people so much. What actually got me to like stand in it and claim it and say, I am amazing at this and people will pay me for it was enough. People said, Oh my God, I just took so-and-so's, you know, $5,000 program and I got more from you in these 30 minutes, right? <laughs> like it was, um, but I was given stuff, I was doing stuff for free. Like I think we're, we are conditioned to believe that the things that come easy to us or the things that we love doing and we would do for free, um, that that can't actually be real. That can't be a real business because, you know, business and work has to feel hard. Yes. And <laughs> um, so yeah, I've been there too. <laughs> oh yeah. I love that one. Yes. Yeah, so you got to work hard at, at business. And I, I love an expression. One of the, the personal junkie things that I was involved with, there was a, it was kind of crude, but I love the expression. There's only one thing you want hard in your life. A penis. <laughs> so stop making your business a penis. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> it just gets people to kind of shift their perspective a little bit. But yeah, you know, it's this idea that we can't get paid or we can't get paid well for what we love is it really needs to go. Totally. And, you know, so I guess I'm, I didn't realize I was going to, I was going to be so passionate about this idea of strengths and weaknesses, but I think that a lot of us, we get to the place where we're like, yes, I can get paid really well to do what I love. Yes. And we like get excited about that. And we're, you know, maybe we read some sort of a book or we like, we're like, okay, yes, I can get paid really well to do what I love. But first I have to figure out all this other crap, right? First, in order to do that, I need to build some really uncomfortable, highly complicated business <laughs> that I'm, I'm sucky at around that so that eventually I can get paid really well to do what I love. And yeah. one and, of my, oh, go ahead. I, yeah, this is, and this is what I see where people get sucked into. Well, I think they get sucked into multi-level marketing or some scheme like that. Not to say that you can't make money at it, but they get pulled into it. And in this idea that it's going to fund their dreams as opposed to their dreams funding themselves because it pulls the money in like it's backwards. It's, it's, it needs to go. Yeah. Well, I think that's, I think that's super common though. Like we're, we're conditioned to believe that you have your work, which is your source of money. And then you have your passion or your dream, which is your source of joy. Mm -hmm. But the idea that they could be the same thing, um, is, 
it seems like most people believe that it's possible. It's just not for them. It's for other people. It's for special people or lucky people. <laughs> lucky people. I love it. Lucky people. The lucky people who've worked 10 years and actually made it work, right? <laughs> those, those lucky people. Yeah, those ones. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I love it. And, and I think too, like the conditioning, we kind of cut ourselves some slack. There's been millennia of this programming of this is what you do. You put in the work and then when the work is done, you get to play, you get to do the fun stuff after work. It's really only been, you know, really our generation and, and after that has had this new possibility of do what you love and get paid for it. Yeah. Totally. I think, I mean, in, in, I think that it's even more so people who are younger than us. Like I look at my children, mm. my, my oldest daughter's 14 and they're watching. I love YouTubers. I love the Kardashians. I love people <laughs> who make bajillions of dollars for not really, I don't want to say not anything. They're producing content, but they're just, um, they're just really what's the documenting? They're just documenting their lives. They're just stating yeah. their opinions. That they, boggles my mind. That- but they grew up with the belief that they can get paid for who they are, right? That, yeah. that there is an inherent value in who they are and what they're doing and in the sharing of it. Where I, I know I didn't grow up that way. Um, I, I grew up understanding that if for a happy life, work shouldn't feel like work right? Like I definitely rejected. I'm married to someone who, um, has a a good enough job, right? Like he feels like, I mean, I'm as happy as I could be in a job. (laughs) Like, Like all things considered, I guess my job's pretty great. Right. But he definitely has a mentality of like not expecting to get fulfillment from his work. You were on my podcast um, last week and you talked about this idea of a vocation, right? Mm. This calling to the work that you do. My husband definitely doesn't have that, right? He's like, I'm an engineer and I got a pretty good job with a pretty good company. And I think you and I are, we were probably um, early adopters of this idea that we can get paid for who we are and what we're passionate about. And not just that we can get paid, but that we can live this totally abundant life and that we actually get to create that like there aren't any rules that we get to create. I'm having so much fun still um, playing with that, recognizing, okay, I get to create when I work, I get to decide, you know, these, if I want to, what kind of person I want to work with and then they show up. And um, I think, you know, people, kids who are growing up now, it will be, it won't even be, um, the, maybe the conscious thing that you and I, the the whole personal growth thing that you and I had to go through, I think they're already there. Yeah. That's exciting. Cause of course, you know, the idea that to leave the next generation better off than we were, uh, I, I find that really exciting because it, you know, probably like you, it's, it's been about 30 years of personal development for me and the slogging that happened in the beginning and how slow it was. And you compare that to the tools that are available now and things are just lightning speed, what can be accomplished. It's so exciting to, to think what these kids are going to have available. Yeah. And you know, I, it's funny because people in, in my generation, Oh, my computer's beeping at me. People in my generation, um, tend to look at, and yours, right. We tend to look at, 
um, I don't know. I love using the Kardashians because people look at them and kind of like, oh, it must be nice. Or they're, you know, whatever judgment they have. But I look <laughs> at them and get inspired. Like I look at them and get excited that these people are literally doing whatever they want and making money from everything that they do. And that's amazing. And I get inspired in terms of how can I do that? How can I help my clients do that? Not necessarily model their exact way of doing it, but that they're, um, they're a model for me about, yes, it's possible. Or, um, you know, I keep talking about the YouTubers, but I have kids who are that age where my husband is coming home and being like, how much does this kid make? <laughs> and, um, <laughs> there's a kid actually at the local high school um, that my daughter's going to attend next year. And he was like one of the first kids on Vine and then went to YouTube and was making like $2 million a, w- a year before he graduated wow. high school. Yeah. Oh I my know. goodness. <laughs> so that, but that's, um, I think it's a matter of perspective, right? And how you look at things. And I'm looking at that going, anything is possible, right? We live, it, we are only limited by our beliefs yeah. and, and sort of the boundaries we put around ourselves. So what if we got rid of those, which goes back to the living in your strengths. Like what if you could just do what makes you feel alive Yeah, all day, every day? Like what if you just did that? Most of us are afraid. Yeah. It reminds me of a story. I, I forget the person's name at the moment, but uh, a YouTuber, and he had a dream of being a filmmaker. And he had this dream, and he had been chasing it for 15 years with, with really no results, little to none. And finally, he decided he would start making films for YouTube, and he started creating them. And he's been at it for 10 years, and he's up in that that mark. He's, he's making, I think 1.5 million a year and he creates these incredible videos and it really is film, but he's shooting them maybe one, two, maybe a friend of his. It's, he's doing what he loves. It's really incredible. And you know, talking about that, it's reminding me that it's about what would you do for free, right? Like he's doing what he loves. He did it for free, right? (laughs) That first film for YouTube yeah. He just wanted the world to see. He just wanted to create and put it out there and hope that some, and then he got probably so much joy out of it that he did it again and again. And eventually he was getting momentum and he's getting more followers and then, then the money comes right. But the important thing to recognize is he did, he followed his heart first. Yeah. And I think that is what I know, right? That's what so many of my clients are afraid of. I just had a client actually this week who was talking about this very thing. Like her business is growing. She's at the place where she's, um, her job is depleting her. It's sucking the life out of her and it's paying her and her business is exciting and it's also paying her, but it's like that she's in that scary place of, do I make the leap of faith? Could I really, could I really make the amount of money, right? Could I really supplement my full-time job? Could my business really do this? And, you know, it's all a mindset thing. Like I'm looking at her business going, heck yeah, yes, it could. (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's, it's all a, a matter. And I think this is why we need not just a business BFF, but why we need a community of support, right? We need to be looking um, to other 
women who've done it, right? And other women who like there, believe me, there's nothing wrong with being in your business and having a job. I've had lots of clients who, you know, went full time in their business and then realized I need a job so that I can breathe. And that's fine too. But it's, it's like, it's being able to have somebody <laughs> or somebody's um, who have your back. And yeah. Um, yeah. And that's where I can see, you know, huge benefit to what you're doing. It's that, you know, somebody to come along and give you the straight goods and say, yeah, it's okay to keep the job while you build the business. And when you get to that critical point to hold your hand and say, come on, I've got you jump. You can do it. Yeah. And most people, honestly, like 99% of what I do is just give people for permission for <laughs> stuff that they already know. Like they already yes. know they want to do it. But, um, and again, I think that has to do, it's, it's a more women issue than men issue. Mm-hmm. Of needing permission, needing somebody else to say, you got this. It's okay. And that's my tagline. Actually, you got this and I've got you like, I've got you, I've got yeah. your back. I'll hold your hand. I'll do whatever, you know, <laughs> whatever you need to do to make, to help you feel confident that you've got this. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. And it just oozes out of you. Like all somebody has to do is sit and have a 10 minute conversation with you and they can get a feel of how deeply you care for people and how much you really want to see people succeed. It's beautiful. Well, you know what? Thinking about strengths and weaknesses, that's one of my favorite things to do, right? That's duh. That's why I do what I do. But I didn't necessarily know it, right? It wasn't like a conscious thing. It is my favorite thing in the world. Um, I think I'm naturally intuitive, right? So it doesn't take long in being in someone's energy when you can see, when I at least can see and feel the possibilities for them to know um, their truth, like to be able to feel like tangibly feel it, taste it in my body, just know like, oh, she's got it. And that's, I think the, that's maybe that's the magic of what I do is uh, most people sense their own truth, but they're afraid to like claim it or acknowledge it or like really. And so when I just see it, right. And I just say, Hey, you know what I see for you? And, And then they're crying and saying, Oh my God, I've wanted that my whole life. I just never thought it was possible. I'm like, Hey, it's happening. I see it. And I will get like super excited about it. But that's my favorite thing in the world is just to like help somebody else shine their own light, like open up that, that thing that the most amazing thing about them that they're like afraid to show the world be like, no, oh my God, show it. It's, I see it already. And you're like <laughs> smiling and laughing at me as I get excited. No, I love it. Cause you're like, it's just like your light is getting bigger and bigger <laughs> about to explode. I think you're going to like explode into the, the other side of the room there. So <laughs> it's awesome. But that's it. Like, I think that holds a huge beacon of light for people that you know, if you can get that lit up, like if you can feel as passionate as you just heard Carrie, right? For the listeners, if you can feel that passionate about something, that's where you know that your strengths are, what's going to fuel you. And, And so Carrie, it's like, it's such a gift to watch you do that with people. And I felt it. I, you know, I felt it on that weekend and, you know, got to bask in that that space that you hold and being able to say, this is what I see for you. And it really is. It's so moving. It's like, 
yes, I, I, I want that. I, I longing for that. I'm afraid to have that, but I'm longing for that all at the same time. It's such a gift. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, I think that this is what we all need more of. All of us women entrepreneurs, we're on this journey and oh my God, I think so many of us are afraid to admit that it's a journey. We mm-hmm. think we have to show up like we've got our shit together yes. and, and never- make it to the seven figure mark instantly. <laughs> yeah. Please. And just, I mean, I've, okay. I have my shit together in plenty of areas in my life, right? But there are lots of areas where it's not. And I've never been afraid to show, actually, I don't know how to not be genuine. Like I can't fake it. And that's been such a blessing. You know, at first I was like, I I need to show up a certain way, the whole fake it till you make it. Or, um, what's the, what's the other phrase? Not fake it till you make it, but, um, project an image of success. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I hate those. That is so awful because you know people are much more savvy to the energy. And so if you're faking it, people can feel it. Yeah. Well, I couldn't do it. So, <laughs> I know I'm with you. I'm like, I, it's genuine. And besides, if I try to fake it, it's on my face. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't like you, you're going to see it. But do you know where like every great thing in my business has come from? Almost, I mean, I I don't want to say almost all my clients, but so many people have come to me um, from me sharing vulnerability, right? Mm -hmm. From me, like not from me showing up someplace thinking I'm this, I'm going to network and get clients or whatever, but like coming (laughs) to be real and, um, and yeah, just showing up. That's where, that's where the magic is for everybody that can people, can we just show up? as who we are. (laughs) Please, please. And, you know, even like they've even proven it scientifically that authenticity, genuineness, and warmth are more critical to sales than confidence. Well, and guess what? I think the interesting thing, so I just actually completed, you were talking about network marketers earlier and, um, yeah, so I just completed a course that I co-led for, um, with a friend of mine and it was for network marketers yeah. and it was called authentic you. And it was about getting, helping them become the authentic leaders they know they need to be. And what we found right. in going through, it was a beta of this course. It was amazing. It was the coolest experience, but, um, it was, it was such an honor to like take these women on this journey to who they are and what they stand for. Mm. And right. Because they got by getting to their own authenticity to getting to their personal truth and knowing, right. Who am I? What do I really stand for? Um, and getting to that, then they found confidence, right? Confidence doesn't come from like your posture. I mean, it, <laughs> you can, there's all science behind that too, but it doesn't come from well, like, that's been debunked. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. See? There we go. Um, but it just <laughs> comes from like understanding yourself yes. and being okay with who you are. And when you know who you are and what you stand for, then you suddenly become aware of what you're no longer going to tolerate. And when yeah. you're there, guess what? You're a leader. So um, yeah, cool yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's so true. When you're, if you're showing up authentically, it's a lot easier for you to to be, you know, energetically be fully present. And that 
fully present often translates for most people as um, confidence because that's the, that's the same kind of energy resonance as, as people who are confident. I mean, if you're being who you are, why wouldn't you feel confident about that? That's going to naturally lead there. It's very interesting. You know what? I was in this, speaking of personal growth, I was in, um, when I first had my little kids, I was part of a group called Mops and it was called, it was Mothers of Preschoolers. And um, there was a speaker there who talked about how she could be confident and insecure. And I thought that was interesting, right? That idea that you could be both confident and insecure. But then I realized I was that, right? Like I, I thought of myself as a confident person because there were, right? I was cool standing up and talking in front of a crowd. I was cool being vulnerable to an extent. Um, I definitely, there were definitely situations where I felt like confident because I felt competent, Mm. but there were lots and lots of like who I was on the inside, right? I was deeply insecure, right? I, I still, I wanted people to like me or I wondered if I was enough or if I was worthy or like so many of the issues that those, those personal <laughs> growth junkies in the bunch right, were, were well aware of them. But I recognized when she was talking, I had, oh, that's me, where people had always looked at me and said, oh, you're amazing. You're so confident because mm-hmm. um, I, could, I could show up as confident. And I think because... Um, Part of the way that I I managed was to make a joke or be self-deprecating or part of how maybe I got my confidence was I've always been described as relatable. And so I think part of like sharing enough, being vulnerable enough to be relatable, um, it gave other people permission to be vulnerable and it also helped people see me as confident. But when I got clear, like, oh, I have work to do. I'm not like, I, I don't have all my personal shit together and that's okay. So this was in the very beginning of my personal growth journey, but that, um, just understanding that I can be confident and insecure, but recognize that that confidence, the thing that I think is confidence, it is not coming from like a deep sense of inner truth. It's coming, it's situational. It's coming from areas where I feel comfortable and competent And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's honestly, like, that's just what I'm all about is helping people get so at peace with who they are to know their truth, to know, um, I just, I just spoke to someone this week and she said this and I just thought it was so perfect. She said, you are amazing. And so is everyone else. And I was like, yes, right. That (laughs) idea of like, Yes, I can be amazing. And so everyone else can be amazing too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, getting to that place where you can, you cannot appreciate others until you can appreciate yourself. And so, um, yeah, I could talk forever about all this. Oh, stuff. <laughs> that is so, it's beautiful. And, you know, and the, and the same time my sarcastic voice goes, oh, deep thoughts. <laughs> you know, I was like to make fun of the self-help world, even though I love it. I adore it, right? I love all the woo, but it's still, you know, it's, it's fun to poke at it too. <laughs> well, it, it can be 
what I'm finding, right, is that you can know that you can hear something, right? Like um, Wayne Dyer always says, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And you can hear that and know it and it's catchy. and And then one day you change the way you look at things and your life changes and you go, Oh, and you like feel it on the inside, right? Yes. (laughs) You, you have this, um, it goes from like knowledge to realization or like actualization. Mm -hmm. And that's when you're like, oh, it's so not cliche. It sounded cliche until it wasn't. (laughs) Until it became real. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. We could talk for hours. Um, and we have probably, (laughs) (laughs) So if people are want to, you know, hire you as their BFF, how do they find you? Yeah. So you can go to carryroldon.com and read all about me and see all some lots of good stuff. Um, I also have just this thing that I love sharing. It is a visualization where you get to meet your future self. And if you just want to get a taste of who I am and kind of what it's like to work with me, that might be a great place to start, which is at carryroldon.com forward slash future self. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So definitely everyone who's listening, check that out. Carrie is such a gem. And if you're a woman in business and need a BFF, highly recommend her. So thank you so much for coming on the show, Carrie. Thank you so much for having me. This is, it's always so fun to talk to you. I'm so glad we got to connect. Me too. Thanks for tuning in to the Inner Dominatrix podcast, the show that gets you stepping into being the badass in business you were born to be. All right. If you have not downloaded the app, make sure that you get over to Apple or the Google Play Store and download the free app. Have a search for Dana Ferrant Inner Power and you will have immediate access to way more tips and tools, all the things that you need stepping into your power and really exponentially growing your business.